How's it going on this great Wednesday afternoon? My name is Hayden Joyner, and this is Off the Bench, your top sports talk show here on XLR, Lane University Radio. I'm joined with Liam Worley and Chris Fortenberry for a, a different kind of episode. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing good. I'm doing good. Um, if you if you can't tell by maybe the audio quality or whatever, maybe it sounds different. We're currently on Zoom because our radio station here at Lander is going through renovations. We're getting new equipment. We're getting new software that broadcasts it. So a lot of cool things are coming for the radio station and for Off the Bench live broadcast. So we'll just wait and see what happens there. And um, and I'll, we'll be updating you every week for the show. But for the next week or so, we're going to be doing these Zoom episodes and same same show as usual. We'll also, uh, we'll probably take breaks just to catch our breaths a little bit and make uh, myself editing these a little bit easier because then it kind of breaks up the show a little bit. But um, anyway, is, is Zoom's working out for you two guys right now? Everything's yeah. looking good. It does. Well, it does kind of sound like you're talking into a microphone that's facing a wall of pillows, but other than that, it's it's pretty good. Hey, I mean that's what uh that's what I'm going for, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're Chris is looking in a dorm room with an Ohio State flag, and then Liam's you know got an Auburn flag behind him in his little dorm room or wherever or apartment wherever Liam's at. So yeah. he's looking. They're all looking mighty fine and dandy. But uh, Liam, we'll start <laughs> off, dude. F one. It's been. I mean, first off, well, before we get even dive into anything. We haven't been on the show in like a month, so so it's been a minute. We had winter break for school, so we've missed a lot of sports, and it kind of sucks how like winter break comes up and then we can't do in the radio station. I guess we could do Zoom things in the future, but you know winter break's a nice break, so I give us a break. Yeah. But um, lots of sports happen over the winter. Obviously, the end of the NFL season. We're now getting into the playoffs. The college football season ended. Bowl games happened. National championship happened uh, this past Monday, two days ago. So we pretty much missed the entire ending of that but we'll get into that later in the show as well the f1 season ended and uh, nascar didn't end nascar ends a little earlier than our show ends for the semester so at least we get to cover that finale but um for f1 at least liam how, how how are you feeling i know if we jump all the way back to abu dhabi back at the beginning of december you and me were freaking out over text messages but yeah i mean we were still in school then it was finals week we didn't have another uh we only had about two days left of school before we went home for christmas break and uh-huh. Oh boy, did did hell break loose? <laughs> it was. I I remember. I mean, that whole morning is ingrained into my head. Like, I, it's like uh like a photographic memory kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I just remember I woke up and I was in my bed. I was watching the whole race in my bed, and I was, you know, every time the race starts, no matter how low stakes it is, my heart's always beating. I'm like, I don't know why I get so anxious. I'm like, I want to see a big wreck. I want to see um my drivers do good. I want to see Lewis Hamilton wreck out of the race in the first lap. You know, something exciting to cause the race to be exciting. And, um, but I was in bed the whole race. And then as soon as Latifi crashed and that safety car came out, I was like, all right, shit, I got to get in my bed or get out, get out of my bed and get to my computer. Cause I knew Twitter was about to be going bananas nuts. And, uh, and then that's when Liam started texting me like, dude, dude, Max is going to win. Oh no, he's not going to win anymore. Oh, he wins. And we were finally freaking out at the very end of it when he did pull it out. But, oh yeah. I mean, as, as we all know, the FIA is still going through this. I don't know, uh, mishandling of the race and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, so that, that caused a lot of controversy at the end of the race, which we were discussing then and how they changed their mind 18 times or making mm-hmm. calls on the fly. But yeah, I remember it vividly. I was getting ready for church while I was, uh, watching the end of the race <laughs> there. And I only gave myself about five minutes to get to church, which is usually about a 10 minute drive. But it was well you had, worth you had, it. You had to see the end of it, didn't you? I did. It was well worth it. <laughs> what um? But I mean, recently, I think it was just like, was it today or yesterday? The FIA is finally starting to go into review of what happened on that final lap. Like, did you hear about yeah. that? 
Yeah, and it, it. I believe it's coming out. It started today. Yeah, and they said they're going to try to end it. They're trying to get it finished up by the beginning of February. I think like February 2nd or 3rd was the day I heard. So we have about half a month of debating to see what happens. And I mean, nothing's going to change results-wise, but I think the worst to come of it is just going to be Michael Massey gets fired, I guess, right? Yeah, I think it's just going to kind of be like a review of what they did wrong, which was a lot, yeah. and uh, try to change that to make better decisions this season and hopefully have a firm set of rules in place before the season even starts. That way, if there's calls that they have to make on the fly, uh, that, you know, they're not going to just make up some bull crap like Michael did during yeah. this last race. Now, I'll, I'll go like, I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I personally think, you know, Max and Red Bull won't be stripped of their title. They, they deserved it fully. It wasn't their fault that the rules got bent in their favor, technically, right? Yeah. So, and I mean, they had, they had been making calls that leaned one way or the other all season. Yeah, so it's, yeah. I mean, it just happened this time that, Britain's little baby Lewis Hamilton got got the short end of the stick mm -hmm. I mean yeah it's basically you know it's like when the NFL makes a bad referee call and then they come out a month later and say oh yeah that was the wrong call we won't do it again in the future you know it's, it's basically the equivalent of that just with uh with F1 but a little bit higher stakes unless you count maybe like that that Saints Rams playoff game with the pass interference yeah. call that was pretty yeah. high stakes and, and ruined the game but no, I don't, I don't know. Michael Massey will most likely get fired, although I heard some people say, like, they're not going to fire him because there's not anybody that's reputable enough to replace him, which kind of seems weird because I feel like there's like, got to be a lot of higher-ups that would be willing to be a race director. But I mean, hell, hell, Liam will do it, right? He's going to get replaced, for yeah. sure. What, if, what would you do if you were a race director? I mean, I think all of those calls that he made so late in the race could have been called two laps earlier to yeah. where everybody would have had a much more clear uh, idea of what they needed to do. And Lewis could have came in and put tires on and Max could have stayed out. I mean, the race strategy part wouldn't have changed because one would have stayed out and would, one would have came in just to, yeah. just to see what would have happened uh, either how, but I mean, I don't know. I, I obviously love how it all ended. I mean, we're never going <laughs> to see our favorite, a yeah, we're never going to see a Formula One championship that came out like that did. I mean, yeah. last lap of the last race of the season, if you would have told me that would happen in Formula One, I thought you were you were kidding. Crazy, yeah. I mean, that's only like NASCAR things. That's usually just because the last race is like a winner-take-all between two drivers, which was, I guess, the F1 situation too. But when you well, when it's, when it's year, all points-based, it's never yeah, I mean, like it, yeah. Usually, Lewis has it secured by the time they go to Austin. Like, it's yeah. nothing new, Yeah. I mean, with, with, with the decisions in place, I mean, there's been a lot of information coming out. It's been, you know, a month now, over a month now since this race took place. But I, I just, I can only guess that, you know, Michael Massey, the story of the season just was too ingrained in his mind. Like, I don't think he purposely fixed the race. I don't believe in any of that. I think that's kind of stupid. But I do think as soon as Latifi came out, I mean, there's probably an, an itching in him and there's an itching in everybody in the grandstands. Like, oh crap, Max is back in the race, you know, as soon as Latifi crashed. Yeah. Like, oh, safety car. Max is back in the race. But then as soon as it came over him, Michael Massey and the officials, maybe that, hey, this is not getting cleaned up as quickly as we'd want it to. This race could end under yellow flag. That's when the panic button hit, because it's like this story, the this, this season's been the best in history, arguably. And now you're like, we're going to end a winner take all 
title fight at the last race under a safety car. Like that's just such an anticlimactic end. And I guess maybe that that was in his head and he's like, we can't let that happen. So he wanted any way possible to make it work out that he could. And so slightly bending the rules of, oh, let these five cars between Max and Hamilton pass to unlap themselves without anybody else unlapping themselves. Slightly bending that rule is what allowed a championship the, the championship to end in a way that he thought was fitting, you know, like, yeah, like I was, like what I was saying, he's not bending the rules, like, or like in his favor, he doesn't like want Max to win or want Lewis to win or whatever. But I think he was kind of ingrained in the story and it was just kind of in everybody's head. Like we can't let this end under a yellow flag safety car. Like it can't end like this, you know, which I, I agree with them. I mean, I, I hate seeing big races, you know, like Daytona 500, Indy 500 championship races or whatever uh and 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 a yellow flag i mean i think you know the best driver should be able to win the championship uh and get that checkered flag uh like what we saw max do and how we see nascar do it and stuff nowadays mm-hmm. and uh i mean you know there's there's ways they can go about this better i mean they could have dropped they could have dropped the lap cars through the field and just given their lap back that would have saved time yeah, uh, they, I mean, they had the whole rest of the track where they could have overtaken people and, yeah. you know, slow down in that corner and whatnot. But uh, I don't know. It was definitely it was it was a sketchy sequence of events. But I don't I mean, know. I love the whole like extra argument. There was like people were like, why didn't we unlap the cars between Verstappen and Signs? Because Signs was on fresh tires. He could have also just passed both of them, you know, and just screw up everything. But uh, that was like kind of like a mute point. But I liked how that was. People were like, well, why don't we care about signs too? You know, they'll, they'll come next year when Ferrari's fighting for the title because they're going to. But uh, that's when they'll care about Ferrari. Not not right now. But um, speaking of next yeah. year and due to all of this, it kind of coincides with it. Lewis Hamilton yet to announce. Well, I guess he's like in his race seat, but the rumors of him retiring potentially because of this result are speculating. What do you think is going to happen? I think he'll end up racing again this year. I yeah. mean, I, part of me wants him to retire. I mean, part of me wants him to stay, but I don't know. He last year he it took him forever to sign a new contract, and it uh, ended yeah, up being that. a long it ended up being a long term contract. And uh, I mean, I think he'll come back, and he's mm-hmm. he's going to be hungrier than ever before. I mean, he thinks he was done wrong, which in some aspects he was, but I uh, I mean, he's going to come back and. He's probably going to master the new car sooner than anybody else, unfortunately, with his years of experience yeah. he has compared to the field. I mean, I, I think I think he's going to come back. I couldn't see him not coming back. I mean, and if you – I get that, oh, I guess, you know, the ending, you know, if he doesn't come back, it's not because he's like – I don't think he's going to be like, oh, I'm pouty. I'm not going to come back because that was a fixed result. But I think if he didn't come back, his argument would be, I don't want to support a racing organization that messes up this badly. You know, I don't think he's going to complain about, oh, this wasn't fair. I don't want to race in an unfair league. It's going to be like, I don't want to represent someone like this kind of corrupt of an organization if he's viewing it and spinning it that way. I think that's going to be kind of how the argument gets played out if he doesn't race. But that's a big if. and I think he's going to. Um, I completely agree with that point. Did you see that one rumor that came out that if he doesn't, they're going to pursue Pierre Gasly? No, it was like uh, it was some newspaper in like Italy or, or France or something that said it. And um, it was like, oh, but apparently the, they weren't, they're not the most credible in the world. They've had some correct guesses and some wrong guesses, but they came out and said that Mercedes was 
pursuing Gasly as a replacement potentially if Hamilton doesn't come back, which would then That's I guess awesome. open up um, a seat for I don't I don't know who you'd open it up for at Alpha Towery, but I don't know another Red Bull Junior, but I don't know. Yeah, definitely would go to that system, or heck, they'd probably try to bring back Albon and let Williams suffer. Logan, uh, Logan Sargent pops in the seat. I wish, man. I wish <laughs> he has to do an F two uh, season real quick first. Yeah. Uh, I heard something about like they were gonna target Lando Norris and he should have been the one oh, to wow. take Valtteri's seat over George Russell anyway. Not even like Akon? No. You don't think? Old Esteban, uh, Mercedes Jr. I don't know what's gonna happen with that seat if it comes to fruition. I don't think it's gonna be a problem. So I'm not too worried about it at the moment. I mean you th- I mean you think oh a Mercedes seat comes available, someone's gonna try to jump at it. But like if for Lando, do you jump at it? Because McLaren could be the top car next year. You really don't know. They have as good a shot as anybody of being the top I mean, car. So do you jump ship? Uh, I wouldn't, but I mean there's there's four organizations next year that all think they have a shot to take home the constructors title. Yeah. And I mean McLaren being one of them and certainly Mercedes being another. Uh I mean just the people and the history over at Mercedes is a lot better in recent history than it is McLaren. So I, I think yeah. he would probably jump ship. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know I, if I, if personally I'm a loyalty guy, I'll stick with the, with the team, but yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll just wait till next year when Williams is the best team and Alex Albon's the, the world champion and Valtteri Bottas and, and body. Alpha, Alpha, or Alpha Romeo gets some podiums and it's just completely flipped the field except for Haas. They'll still be dead last, but, uh, I don't know. And tell me this, Liam. We'll, we'll jump into the last thing for, for motorsports, but the clash at the Coliseum, NASCAR's racing in the LA Coliseum. What's it like 50 laps, no pit stops or something? Because they physically cannot fit a pit lane and infield in that stadium. It is the weirdest sort of <laughs> setup they got going on. The track looks nice and all, but like it's, it's the dirt, form- it's dirt, right? No, it's it's concrete. They poured concrete in the Oh my god. The stadium. I thought I was like I figured no or way asphalt, they're, they're gonna asphalt that stadium. Like will that yeah, ever no. return to how it's meant to look afterwards? I have no idea how that's gonna <laughs> look afterwards, but now they poured that they poured asphalt down. Well wow. most of the walls are up. Uh the format of the race is crazy. And uh I mean, usually the clash has like Paul winners, stage winners, and then certainly race winners from uh-huh. last year. And uh, if by some chance you got into the championship uh, 16, uh, you would, without accomplishing one of those things, you would get uh, into the clash as well. So usually we see about 20 to 22 cars in the clash. And it, anybody who wants to race can race in this one. So I expect it to be an absolute wreck fest on this little quarter mile track i mean i gotta think of what's the i mean it's not gonna be a fast track i think they said max speeds are gonna be like 60 or something like they're not gonna be able to get up to any speed whatsoever yeah no but it's it it's gonna be like bumper cars yeah but like what kind of like are they building like giant fences on the outside because i mean like probably not i mean mean, it has to be somewhat banked i'm assuming you could get a car to flip over the edge of that stadium into the stands right they are gonna bank it some uh well, I say they are. It like, is like two degrees. No, nah, I think it's a little more. Five. Like, yeah, I don't know. Five would be a lot for that little. <laughs> Five's like like this or something. Five would be. I don't know. It would be a lot for that little oval. Uh, I'm not. I'm not too sure. Uh, I mean, with the speed they're going to be going, the amount. I mean, 
in this new car like no one nobody yeah knows yeah it's a new about. car too you're right i forgot about yeah that. and they have limited amounts of these cars so i don't know it's either going to be an absolute wreck fest or everybody's going to be feathering it and yeah be real gentle with them so they don't destroy cars for daytona speed weeks and uh-huh. the races to follow after that i mean you make the argument like oh is nascar are they running out of ideas i don't know but um I mean, hell, I'm going to watch it. It's so stupidly different. that I'm, It's like Bristol Dirt, you know? It's like, okay, sure, they're running out of ideas. They want to draw a new audience, but it's working. I mean, you see like, oh, NASCAR's racing inside the LA Coliseum, like on an oval banked pavement track. Like, of course, I'm going to watch that. I like, think this is the opposite of running out of ideas. I think this is coming up with new and too for mixed. NASCAR anyway, innovative <laughs> stuff. Fair uh, enough, fair enough. Compared to, to what it. they've done in the past. I got to, I mean... Coda was great last year, and the Bristol Dirt was great last year. Coda was even better because it was in the rain. Yeah, um, Indianapolis Road Course. They did they're... Indianapolis Road Course. What else did they do? Did they do? Uh, uh, they didn't they're... do like any like Road America, like Unaseka kind of track. Yeah, did they? they did. They did race Road America. Actually, I'm waiting for the corkscrew at Laguna Seca, though. I want that. That will never happen. You can't. You can't throw a stock car down the corkscrew. Nah, but they're going back to Portland this year. The Portland was trucks. fun. I like seeing uh, – I watched the IndyCar race at Portland. That was fun. Yeah. The trucks are racing at Knoxville, which is a dirt track in Iowa. Uh, they're racing at this little uh, racetrack called IRP in Indianapolis, which is – I don't know. It's a little – little like midget bowl it's a tiny little yeah, they're track. trying to That's... get they're trying to get smaller and smaller we're gonna see my on a outdoor go-kart track next time ah you know? dude that would be <laughs> that would be a joy to see but i mean they're trying new stuff they're going to these historic tracks and other motorsport yeah. aspects so they're trying new stuff trying to reach new audiences which you know they're gonna cap out eventually but one yeah. day we'll it'll it'll come soon chris i'll bring you into this real quick um, how much joy will you get if Bubba Wallace wins at the Coliseum? So much joy. So much. I'll be, <clears throat> I'll be repping my Bubba Wallace shirt, gifted to me from our other co-host Liam Worley over Christmas. Chris, it looks like you're the biggest Ohio State fan I've ever seen. You got your little hoodie on, and you're leaning to reveal. <laughs> you're leaning away to reveal your flag. <laughs> Dude, I don't think there is a bigger host other than my dad, but freaking love Ohio State. Um. But yeah, Bubba Wallace wins. That would bring me as much joy as a uh, Ohio State uh, national winning, championship winning the Rose Bowl. You cap. No, not even joking. What brings you more joy, Ohio State winning a meaningless Rose Bowl or Bubba Wallace winning the Clash of the Coliseum? Ohio State will probably always uh, take over Bubba Wallace, but it's right there. It's like <laughs> right here, right next to next door. I've never You're seen a here. bigger lie in my life. Yeah, it's I know he lie, does. Dude. I have grown. Love for Bubba Wallace. I don't know why, but I just have. Here, switch to the to the to college football. We'll, we'll go into this. Um, all three of us, our teams had bowl games, some bigger than others. Um, we had a nice mix. Chris obviously had a New Year's Six bowl with Ohio State. Kentucky had a, I guess you know the the, the separate six. You know, a mid tier bowl. Mid. Well, I mean, Citrus is like upper mid tier, right? I mean, come on. No, I'm not yeah. going that far. Not There's upper, only so many bowl games. Fair enough. Speaking, what bowl did you not, play in? Did your Auburn? No, player? we're we're like bottom bottom tier for sure. What was your bowl game? The was it Birmingham music? Bowl? The Bur- yeah, never even heard of that one. That's the one that's. What was the? Wasn't there like a, like a Fortnite bowl or something really stupid? It was No, there was one that was like. A, oh no, it was the it was the PUBG Mobile Bowl. 
I saw, oh yeah I, didn't that did that one happen it was like uh it was PUBG it, Mobile or something. Well, it was like a traditional bowl name, but it was like presented by PUBG Mobile. Like it was oh. somehow put into the name, but you know, it was like the PUBG Mobile Sun Bowl or Las yeah, Vegas yeah. Bowl it was like or sponsor. Something. Yeah. The Las Vegas Bowl was like the MGM Casino Las Vegas Bowl. That just makes oh, sense. Oh, I, I was just using that as an example. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Have no idea. What well, so so play? since since of our three teams, only one of them lost, which is the Auburn Tigers. To uh to Houston ranked Houston too, which also finished the year ranked. Um, just give us a recap of it, Liam. How how what was going through your mind during that one? Um, I mean, I knew we were going to do bad. You did uh, say you were going to lose. You'd been on that trip yeah, for a while. Yeah, I mean, I've in my bowl mania, which I finished twenty five and thirteen in, I believe. Hey, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's like ninety seven percent or something of, yeah. of people. Uh, but anyway, uh. I mean, TJ Finley to me just doesn't doesn't strike me as a playmaker in any way. Mm-hmm. Our def our defensive leaders Roger McCreary and Zacoby McLean, uh, they both opted out. Our best offensive lineman Brodarius Ham opted out. Mm-hmm. We haven't had any good receivers all year in the first place, so that was a problem. And uh, when we need to stick to our big guns in the run game with Tank Bixby and Jarquez Hunter, we we don't do anything and. I mean, the score ended up being like 17-13, 17-14. I mean, which means our defense still played well for a relatively uh, good Houston offense, but we still didn't score enough points to win the game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Auburn, it was your worst season in in how long, you'd say? Mm, That's probably our worst season since, to me, how I feel on it since we went three and nine uh, back in 2012. Well, I'd say three and nine is definitely worse than six and six or six and seven, I guess now. Yeah. Uh, I think we've made bowl games every year since Gus joined. Yeah. I, I, I'd argue so, but uh, y'all got the new quarterback transfer in, right? We did Zach Calzada. I'm Zach very Calzada. excited about him. Yes. From Out of Texas, Texas, A&M. Texas A&M. He was the leader on a hurt leg in the charge to beat Alabama um, in Texas Which that A&M. Wins. That wins Auburn's fans' hearts right there when you beat yeah, Alabama. Exactly. So, yeah. so yeah. is he going to do I it mean, for Auburn for the first time, I guess? When was the last time you beat Bama? It wasn't the Iron Bowl. It was more recently than that. It was 2019. 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They pulled yes. off here a couple of years ago. Yeah. Bo Nix, uh, freshman year, uh, beat Bama. But uh, I'm expecting big things from him. I expect him to win the court starting job easily yeah. compared to the other two guys we have right now. And, you know, I'm glad we could get him or – I was hoping Caleb Williams or Casey Thompson from Oklahoma or Texas, but mm-hmm. uh, I'll settle with Zach Calzada and be happy about it for the yeah. time being. And, and you got Bo Nix going out to where? Oregon? Is that right? Oregon. Yes. Yeah, I'm, following Justin Herbert's footsteps out there. I'm, I'm very optimistic about him this year. Okay. Okay. Is Oregon going to win the Pac-12 over mm, USC? No, they got, they got USC to deal with. and Especially I mean, if Caleb Williams goes out there, they're going to propose a big problem. Yeah, Chris. Um, I was just gonna ask Liam what 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 makes you excited about Calzada? I'm not saying this like in a joking way. I'm just saying like, <laughs> genuinely, like, what have you like seen from him that you that you like about him? You he like be Alabama? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, get that, well, but like <laughs> traits. So I the really the only game of his that I watched was the Alabama game, and of course our game where uh where 
both of those games, he kept getting hit, and he we he even went out injured and then came back in our game, as did Matt Cor- uh, Corral uh, with Ole Miss. But they both came back, and he uh, he beat us. He tore us up, which was a pretty good defense as we saw them stump Alabama for a long time. And, we, heck, we even kept Georgia uh, at bay for most of the first half. And, uh, I mean, just his grit. And he's more of a passing threat, which is something that we're going to need uh, this year since, I mean, we're keeping Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, who is a great duo out of the backfield. And, hopefully he can attract a good receiver for us, which is something I'm really hoping he can do, which I think he will do. I think we'll get a good receiver out of the portal. So do you think maybe Auburn would do like kind of what we saw a little bit from the Panthers where you have that backup like Finley come in Mm -hmm. red zone and maybe try and do some option run-esque type stuff? No, I TJ Finley is he's a pass first quarterback as well uh if anything no if anything we'll see our true freshman Holden Griner come in more which according to some people I was talking to was expected to beat out Finley and uh our other fellow Demetrius Davis uh if uh in the quarterback room this coming spring and whatnot but I mean I don't know it's we did that with Joey Gatewood uh, back in 2019, and it was pretty effective, but I don't really expect to see a whole lot of that. Gotcha. Mm. Well, uh, Chris, you're for Ohio State, man. Um, Rose Bowl victory, a huge one over Utah. Um, yeah. Huge scoring game. Um, no Chris Olave, but um, your other receivers shined. How are you feeling about that one? Uh, it, was, it was good to see from the offense. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say not from the defense. Yeah, no, the defense was was poor, but we did make a lot of changes uh, mm-hmm. over the offseason or in the last couple of weeks to our staff and um, should be in completely new and improved defense coming in next year. So I'm excited about that. But the good thing to see in the bowl game was that, um, you know, with a Ohio State team that was missing a lot of its, you know, top players, we we're missing top players on defense and offense, obviously with mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson and Olave out, but the way um, Jackson Smith and uh, Stroud just shined when, uh, when the chips were down was, was pretty, pretty cool to see. And it was cool to see that they have um, already established a strong connection going into next season. And uh, obviously our, our freshman receivers really uh, stepped up to the plate Marvin Harrison jr. Catching three touchdowns and, uh, Ameka Abuka, our uh, kick returner, had like over 230 yards returning, uh, which was also another huge stat for us because I don't think we would have um, been able to score in, in the positions and the times we did without his big return. So Yeah. Is Smith and Jigba coming back? Yeah, yeah. He's only a sophomore. Yeah, okay. that's what I thought. I thought he was a younger guy. So y'all keep a good yeah. offense going. We'll see. Um, is Big Ten – I mean, obviously you have the Big Ten victory, Big Ten title as your, as your goal again, but uh, – you think it's going to happen with this team again next year? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think we're only going to get better. I mean, we have Travion, true freshman running back, coming back. Um, yeah. Obviously, you guys have seen the talent from Stroud and our receivers, and they're just explosive. So I, I expect the offense to continue. And uh, if our defense can get – if it can only get better, I mean, it can't get any worse. Yeah. So if it can only get better, then I'd imagine we'll win uh, most of our games, hopefully. And uh, 
win yeah. the Big Ten, try and go back to the playoff. Sorry, Liam, I didn't ask you if Auburn had SEC title on their minds, but I figured it was a mute point. No, I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, I think we're probably just looking to win a few more ball games next year compared eight, to what we did last year. Eight and four? Yeah, I think that would be a reasonable expectation from us. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Parson needs to prove himself or else he's going to be out of the job next year. Heaven forbid another year after that, but uh, – <laughs> I mean, going back to the Ohio State-Utah game, I mean, freaking Smith and Jigba's stat line was just the best thing I've ever seen. He averaged 23 yards a catch. Yeah, Yeah, but he had like 14 receptions for like 340 yards or something. Yeah, exactly. uh, 300-something yards. I don't remember what it was. 15 catches, 347, three touchdowns. Jiminy Crickets. I mean, that's just unheard of. uh, CJ Stroud threw for – 573 <laughs> but uh, it was just the most interesting game uh bowl game this season so i was really thrilled with it it's yeah it was fun i mean, fun I, mean I thought for i thought for a long time utah was winning it um i well, mean i'm sure I chris mean, did too i thought like the whole game but i didn't think they had it in them but we mm-hmm. said this is the biggest game they've played since 2009 the yeah. season before alabama won their first championship with saban uh when they beat alabama in the sugar bowl uh, so, I mean, this is the biggest game they've played in 11, 12 years. Right. I mean, they represented the Pac-12 well, I think, you know, they were the, yeah, I mean, you know, they had a good season. I think they proved themselves. I mean, they should have won this game. I think for the most part, it's just Smith and Jigba and CJ Stroud had a connection that was godlike for the entire game. They couldn't miss. Like, it was. And like Chris mentioned earlier, Harrison had some extreme catches and his first yeah. touchdown grabs of the year. Yeah. yeah, they had four dudes overing at least ten a catch, um, and like I said earlier, Smith and Jiggle was averaging twenty three yards a catch, which is just crazy. But, uh, heck, Auburn probably didn't even have four dudes uh, average ten yards a catch for the season. Oh no! Oh no! Um, well, let's talk about the Kentucky game. Yeah, how was yeah. The, what, what did y'all think of it first? I'll ask you guys first. It was a really competitive game. I was expecting it to be a competitive game. I was just expecting a little bit different result than what we saw. Yeah. I was the only one to pick Kentucky in our little bowl game we did on, on Instagram, right? I personally right? thought Iowa was going was gonna to win. Probably not by like a bunch, but I thought they were going to win by, you know, 7 to 10 in that range. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could have gone either way, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought when Hayden sent that message, like he was going to, he was having a heart attack or something, like pulling his hair out. I thought, oh gosh, Kentucky <laughs> must have lost. And then I look and they won by three. And I yeah. was like, dang. They just don't, they don't let my hearts, you know, take a break. Yeah. But I don't know. The, I mean, I knew it was going to be a low scoring game. I think a lot of people going in knew it was going to be low scoring. And 2017 is about where I was. I think, I don't know what the under was set at, but it was probably like 40, honestly. And so it probably hit. But um, it was an entertaining game for me. You know, Will Levis played his heart out. He played good. Not the best four quarters he's ever played in his life. But um, in the fourth quarter, it really came true. And then uh, Wondell, Ross, uh, Wondell Robinson had himself a massive game. And uh, it was just fun. And like like what I was saying, Chris, when I was like about to die, I think literally I'm looking on ESPN right now. At one point in the fourth quarter, Iowa had like a 90 or 89% chance to win. Might even be higher at some point. And that's when I was like, yeah, we're going to lose. And then Kentucky just jumped ship. They got the huge throw to Wondell in the fourth with less than two minutes to go, got the go-ahead touchdown. And then uh, DeAndre Square came in off the bench from injury because he wanted to be on the field for that final drive and ended up getting the uh, the game-winning interception. So 
it was fun. It's our second Citrus Bowl victory in four years, if I'm right. So it's the biggest bowl game we've been in in the last two decades since we didn't since we had the Citrus Bowl in 2018 and we matched it this year. So it's big for us. And I've been trying to find I've been trying to find the clip from like our first or two first or second episode this year, the school year where we were like making predictions. And I said, Kentucky would go like 10 and two. And y'all are like, Hayden, shut up. It's not true. And then they go 10 and three. I'm like, look at that. Look at that. I knew, yeah, I knew we had it in us this year. I knew we had it. in It us did year. not feel like a 10 and three season for y'all. No. no I mean, I, well, I mean, yeah, it should have been 12 and one if we didn't blow, if we could have stopped defense in Tennessee and then we didn't, you know, trip over our own nuts against Mississippi state. You know, we'd be, <laughs> we'd be 12 and one easily with our only loss to Georgia. And at that, you have an argument for like the playoff, but. I don't know, nah, now, I don't who, know man. Who is it? <laughs> like push. Florida, Florida crapped out. Like they weren't who we thought they were going to be. Except Hayden knew they were going to be bad. I called that uh, they were going to be bad. I knew they were going to be bad. Yeah. Um, I still I don't know what that team's doing. Hopefully they can <laughs> figure out what what they've got going on. I mean they did just get Et and Travis Etienne's brother. They did get him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Got, so maybe that'll do good things. They got Billy but, Napier now. Billy Napier from the Raging too. Cajuns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think is, I mean, I don't know if uh, they better start Anthony Richardson. I don't think Emory Jones is that guy, but no, he certainly, no, they not. got, um, y'all didn't see, they got, um, Ohio state's backup in the turtle transfer. Jack court. Miller. Yeah. I, I right. forgot. That's where he went. Well, he went out yeah, the starting he, job I, over Emory Jones and oh, 100%. A- AR 15. I'm going to go ahead and tell you all this. Jack Miller is just basically Joe Burrow when he transferred. <laughs> Oh, he's the next Joe Burrow. Great. We've no, been Florida no, fans after Georgia fans now. Joe Burrow. I'm just saying they're very similar in the way that they play. The, you know, yeah. they, they're pocket passers. They're smart. Very, very intelligent players. Mm-hmm. Not going to make many mistakes. Going to get the ball out, you know, pretty, pretty, oh, pretty quick. And um, as clean as that catch. Yeah. And they're going to uh, do good things. I'm pretty confident in Jack Miller. Um, and they both wear the same number, uh, Burrow and him. So. Oh, that's it's a telltale just... sign right there. Yep. All right. What do y'all gentlemen realistically think about the other uh, best bowl game we had with Tennessee, Purdue, and that that bull crap call at the end? As a Kentucky fan, uh, actually, justice. I'm gonna go ahead and say I. Think I said realistically. Correct. I think I th- they made the right call. I no, think you're full you, of you it. can't realistically no. say that was the right call. It was the wrong call. I think it's yeah, karma. It was not the wrong. Listen, the guys' momentum stopped. That is he, the forward progress was stopped. Yes, yeah, but, but he reached. They for didn't it. blow the whistle at that point. He was still moving, and he was which stopped. means he, was, he wasn't hey, moving. Hey, hey, hey. I think uh, uh, the ball crossed the, the line before no, no, no. before they blew the whistle. So technically, it should be a touchdown. I mean, think of this for the most part, when players are called dead. realize that his uh, momentum stopped short. Well, look, I don't know. When usually when they pissed. play, when they call a play dead like that, you know if it's whether a sack and the quarterback's still on his feet or a running back's still on his feet the whole time, typically, you know, you'll get the running back pushing and then you'll have like two or three guys getting up on him. And until he's like fully backpedaling, they don't blow the whistle, you know, like it's usually until it's like very blatantly obvious, but this dude was literally like on the ground, his knees are off the ground, but he was like down on the ground and he was reaching his arm out. I've seen tons of plays that begin like that. And then they get an arm just to stick out randomly and it reaches the ball over the goal line. They're like, Oh, touchdown. But they called it dead way too early. I think. They probably had money on the game, which rightfully so, Tennessee shouldn't win. Who, who are yeah, the refs I, for that game? It wasn't I, I couldn't tell you. Probably, it was probably Pac-12, Pac-12 or, or ACC. I don't know exactly, but 
I mean, yeah. in a in an overtime situation like that, I think you got to see the play progress a little bit more than what we did since, you know, it's coming down to the end of the game. These yeah. kids have been fighting all game to win this ball game and put it away. And uh, it kind of it kind of got stripped from them by a little bit bogus call. I mean, I've always been for the proposition of like, let the play play out and then review it later. You know, if it's like, oh, that looked like a fumble, but was it a fumble? It's like, oh, let the play finish and then look at it. That way, if it is a fumble and they score a touchdown off the recovery, you grant them a touchdown. But if you blow it dead early, then there's no reward for anybody but the team that loses. Now, well, did they blow it dead early? With soccer now. Yeah, they do it with soccer and then they just go to the, the cameras. I, I, that's been a big one. And I think football, they've gotten better at it, but they should get better at it. Like, like for this Tennessee game, if... You know, I don't know if they were trying to blow play dead because they thought his knee touched the ground or because of player safety or whatever kind of bullcrap answer they're going to pull. I'd assume it's probably because they thought his knee touched the ground or his forward momentum was stopped. But I feel like you never hear someone blow the play dead on a goal line situation when their momentum was stopped because you never know what's going to happen. Like, that never happens. Yeah. And, I mean, they didn't blow it dead until after he had crossed. He was just running out. I I don't recall hearing a whistle in uh, that amount of time. So yeah. then they did it right, right? They let the play go, and then they reviewed it, and then found they never, out. They never really reviewed momentum. it. You can't really review a loss of forward momentum. Yeah, really. I mean, yeah, but if you see the ball cross the line before the whistle blows, whether or not his momentum stopped, it's a touchdown. that should be a touchdown. Now, yeah. if they review it, and let's say the ball um, uh, didn't, didn't cross the line, mm-hmm. or like maybe it did but didn't, you know, I mean, like, what what do you do in that in that scenario? Well, it's either a like, yes or no. The ball can't have. Yeah, but you have half. people who are going to say yes, and you have people who are going to say no. That's just how it goes. But it's there's that people close. who say he's momentum stop, and there's people. Well, who that's say why there's that, that's why there's neutral fans who are watching the game just for enjoyment and say, mm-hmm. "Oh, that was a good call," or "Oh, that was a bad call." I mean, right. that's kind of what we're doing. I mean, you know, we're not Tennessee nor Purdue <laughs> fans. We may have a little hatred for. Uh, both of them in both of y'all's cases uh-huh. but uh i mean to me i'm not a fan of either i don't hate either i don't like either uh and i think it was just a stupid call i mean i don't i don't know what else to say i think it was a dumb call but it was karma for the whole debacle when they played Ole Miss. that's that's yeah. my thoughts it, it might be it might yeah be. it's God, just karma God for throwing trash on the field yeah i mean yeah. Uh, you know, Tennessee's never been the uh, most well-liked fan base or team. So Bottom tier. Yeah, yeah, definitely bottom tier. Literally, maybe last place. Maybe second They're... to Ohio State fans. Ohio, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They're, Penn State fans are probably down there. Maybe some uh, USC Bama. Trojan fans. Who's the most likable? Probably, probably like. Yeah, like. Kentucky fans are pretty likable, right? We've sucked for a long time. Who knows? I don't know. Y'all are trying to get good now, so I'm not really liking. We're, we're we're the Bengals of the of the college football. We got a little. We've been sucky. We got a little swagger back. We we're winning something. You know who I think is probably a nice team with nice fans? Purdue, Northwestern. They just seem like they'd be good people. Northwestern's valid. That's a good. That's a good, that's like a good Vanderbilt. One. They don't have fans. <laughs> yeah, but like all 14 of them that are fans, you know, they're probably really genuinely good people. I don't know. Like, yeah, I feel like it's got to be like a Big Ten or like somewhere like up north, maybe not even like a Power Five, you know. No. I'm sure Liberty has some dope fans, right? They're all pretty chill. Oh, for sure. <laughs> what about uh, what about some team like um, 
the Bobcats, Ohio Bobcats. University of Ohio? Probably not, man. Ohio sucks. The whole state. Thanks. Thanks. Anyone there is just sad. I was just I, I was just going with the trash can Paul memes, bro. <laughs> How about Cincinnati? I don't think they're too bad. I mean, they got a little bit too big for their bridges this year, but other than that. I think they were – I mean, there was that one video on TikTok or whatever where that dude was, like, stomping on Alabama jerseys or something. You know what I'm talking about? The yeah. Cincinnati dude. But besides him, I think Cincinnati fans were pretty chill this whole experience. They're just like, oh, we're just glad to be here. You know, and they didn't lose as by as many as we thought they'd lose by. And so it was it was a plus for them. They got their deal. They got their end of the work. Fair. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, let's, speaking of um, Cincinnati playoffs, national championship, we haven't even touched on that yet, which just ended up this past uh, last two weeks. National championship, Georgia and Alabama. Oh, who could have predicted that one? Not us. Oh. But um, all-SEC championship in Indy. Um, Setson Bennett, the, uh, the walk-on transfer against the highest-rated quarterback in Alabama history, Bryce Young, who is apparently an underdog. Um, how'd y'all feel about the game? I mean, it was it was all right, but I mean, I feel like I already like just watched a different version. I mean, similar mm-hmm. version of it happened in the SEC championship game, just went the other way around. Yeah, and that's yeah, kind of yeah, what you yeah. expect when you play when the two, two teams play each other twice. You know, you kind of expect it to kind of flip because one team's going to benefit, and now Alabama had a lot more. You know players out with Mechie gone. Uh, yeah, James Williams some, tearing his ACL after he was tearing up Georgia. Um, Josh Job, their good starting corner was out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was it was never really going to go good for Bama with all those players going down. And, you yeah. know, Georgia, with all the motivation they had, all their players were fine. Uh, Pickens, you know, made that one huge play for Georgia. Um, Zamir you know, White started like, getting it going finally in yeah, the fourth yeah. quarter. Like every national championship team, the stars aligned, you know, and yeah. it went it went perfect, just like uh, it has here recently. And uh, I I just wish I really wish we could either I think we should I, this is like proof that the expansion of the playoff really needs to happen, mm-hmm. just because you know you you can put in Cincinnati, you can put in Michigan, and I don't I don't fault you for that because you kind of have to. Yeah. But at the same time. In order to make up for the the lack of um, I don't I don't know how to say it like talent that those two teams kind of have. Yeah. When they play yeah. teams like Bama and Georgia, you gotta you gotta have the other teams that can come in and you know who maybe didn't have everything aligned perfectly in the regular. By season. other teams, you mean Ohio State? You can say no, no, Ohio I'm, State. I'm saying every year there is a team That's that hot, probably yeah. deserves to be in and who's hot and who has maybe an electric offense that can hang with these top tier defenses. You know, and yeah. or just a power gritty team that can do it. Like I've like I've said a million times, that Auburn team that beat the number one team in the country twice, and they had a couple of losses, but my God, I mean they could hang with the top teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, if we can get those teams in somehow, uh, who are gelling, who have the chemistry, who have everything it takes to win, it'll change the way college football and this playoff ends up and goes. I, I promise. Yeah. I, th- I, think I, it's, I agree it's, with you. Yeah. It's got to change at some point. I mean, yeah. there's no way that they let the four-team playoff and everybody hating on it continue for as long as it has. You know, I think it has well, to. They, uh, just, they just voted on that as well, saying that we won't see a change at least through the end of 2025 season. Boring. Yeah, unfortunately. So, so that yeah, feels so. better. But uh, going back to the national championship, you're so full of it. College football is – you can't beat it except with maybe NASCAR. Uh, anyway, 
I thought think... you finish. You finish. No, I'll, I'll, I'm at a rhetoric on you, but uh, you uh, okay? You well, I was just saying those three players for Alabama that we mentioned earlier. I think all of their absences really affected this this game because I mean, Alabama didn't have a receiver that had a lot of playing time. Uh, it felt like for most of that game after Jamison Williams uh, tore his ACL. And I mean, Hey, Chris, what you, what you think about Jordan Davis? You kind of down talked him a lot of the year, which I still don't think he was that good, but he had a dang good game. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if you play long enough, you're going to have a good game at some point. I mean, you got, you, you're out there playing. You, I hope he would get at least more than two sacks. I mean, <laughs> The dude was out there, had like 12 tackles and two sacks for the majority of the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, as we've, as we've all said before, it's, it's hard to beat the same team twice, which was probably another uh, problem Alabama faced. And, I mean, heck, the odds makers and whatnot were agreeing since Georgia was favored, which I didn't think was going to happen going into starting the odds and definitely before the game. I'll tell you what I was going to say, and it's like I, I think college football's product is great. I think the expansion of the playoff is going to greatly increase their – I mean, for one, revenue. You're going to get a lot more playoff games, and I think that's going to – you know, they're all about money, so I don't know why they're not doing it already. But I feel like the NFL versus college football, I think the average – it was like I saw this on Twitter or TikTok or whatever, but the average NFL game is better than the average college football game. But the best college football game is better than the best NFL game. Right. Like, maybe not the mm. best, but like a 10 out of 10 college football game. Like, you know, like, like a, what was it? LSU, Texas A&M, the eight overtime game a few years ago. Like, yeah. that is better than the best NFL game, a 10 oh. out of 10 NFL game, like we saw the with thrill, Raiders Chargers. The thrill of college football always uh, takes over the NFL. I mean, I, I've never probably once in my life felt the NFL was better than college football. I mean, I just don't think that'll ever mm-hmm. happen. You know, I just – um with the way college football is, the uh, the passion, the intensity behind it, it's yeah. just it's probably the most amazing sport there is. I mean, I think I think the I NFL think has a better product, like as a league entirely, but I think college football has a better atmosphere and environment. Yeah, I'd agree. I think that's I where like I, I draw the line. College football a lot more because of like Chris was saying, the intensity and the passion. But I, what I also like is that all these players don't gripe and whatnot and whine about, you know, why they're not getting paid $35 million instead of 30 or whatever the issue may be. I just feel like we see a lot more negative news revolving around the NFL with players, management, mm-hmm. uh, Commissioner Goodell, whoever it may be, uh, certainly coaches, as we've seen this year uh, and whatnot. But I don't know. I just think – as a whole, college football is a lot more mesmerizing spectacle than what the NFL is. I feel like the whole money-hungry thing in the NFL, like that has to be a, a issue you deal with only like if you make it that far. Because I feel like everybody's like, why are you complaining about 31? Just take 30 and be on a good team, you know? Or like, oh, take $5 million less in your contract to stay on the Super Bowl winning team. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like everybody's like on that side. But then once you get to the NFL, everybody's against that side. All the players are. So I feel like there's got to be something that like, I guess, is money that big or is there like other un- underlying factors that we don't see all the time? I don't know. But. Well, and I mean, at that point, you know, all these players have and and their families have what they could possibly want. They could have, you yeah. know, a couple, a few million dollar cars and whatnot and, you know, multiple mil- 
million dollar houses, but I just, I don't understand why we always see people, you know, complain about to me what seems to be little things in the grand scheme of things especially for nfl players i'm pretty sure if you have 35 versus 40 million a year your life is not going to change that much no you know that's like you know that's like someone like us making oh do you make 10 an hour or 11 an hour it's probably more like 10 an hour or like 10 15 an hour honestly if i'm thinking proportions yeah it's like does it change your life that much nah i take i take 15 less cents to stay a good job and they but nfl players won't take a million dollars less to stay on the good team yeah yeah i think we have a major issue though coming to college football because it's become a monopoly it's going to with the nil deals and all and i'm I'm telling you hayden it's going to be an issue because the only way to get the top talent now is going to be dishing out the most money and it's just going to be a&m bama usc uh probably another texas team and Georgia that are going to reign supreme because they're going to be dishing out the most money. And I know for a fact that A&M is going to be, they have the boosters and they have the, the buku money to hand out to these teams. And I'm telling you, it won't be long before A&M is the top dog in the sec because of the money that they have. I mean, A&M has has always been a problem though, either. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's just legal now. But I'm saying, yeah, it's just it's just recorded on the books now. Right. That's but all it is. Getting, they're, they're it's always more money now. They're, I now don't think they are. They are. I'm telling you. I'm telling I don't you, think they're getting, getting more money. money. I think it's probably the same. You know what? I, I You know why Harbaugh is going to the uh, NFL? Why? He asked Michigan. He said, we need money. We need to, to put out the money for these players. And they said, no, we're not going to give out that kind of money. And he's like, all right, well, see y'all. That's why he's going straight to the NFL, because he can't hang. He won't be able to hang in recruiting because the he they can't give the money that AM is doing. I think his biggest problem is you have to win games to get good recruits. And besides this year, he hasn't done much of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, heck, they won the, two ball games last year. Yeah. I think I mean, I mean, like what you're saying about Texas AM, I mean, they're already like a top three or four draft class this year. Like they're already up there. They're number their, one. Yeah, number, number one, one. There, you, there you go. I haven't looked at 24-7 recently, but um, they're already up there. And I think, I mean, I personally agree with every side. You know, Liam, I think there's definitely a lot of under-the-table crap going on in the last couple of decades. Always and, you know, been, yeah. There's a new – it always has been. There's a new scandal coming out every two days, mostly with Louisville because they're just trashy people, but that's besides the point. I mean, USC has had problems with that. I mean, as mm-hmm. we saw back in 2004. Yeah, so I don't – I mean – I don't think the NIL is going to be that big of a deal. And I think, you know, before all of this, I mean, it'll take a few years to really see a change because it's only been really a deal in the last six months, 12 months now. But, you know, I think it, it just like, messes with our heads more than anything, especially yeah. with all like, I mean, and having the transfer portal. I mean, once these kids like, you know, actually think out what they're doing and are signing, you know, pen to paper, I think we're going to see it slow down a little bit and it's well, not going to be as crazy to us as it is right now. Mm-hmm. Let me ask y'all a question. Do you think Bama makes it to the national championship game and does what they do without getting Jamison Williams in the portal? I mean, probably. I, probably. Yeah. He was you, great. You but it's like, an, so. he, he's, he's a great player, but for Alabama, it's like, it's like adding water to the ocean. You know, I, I think, don't. Yeah. I really don't think that that was the case for them this year. I think the only reason that Bryce Young was able to put up the numbers he had 
was because of the dynamic of the deep threat speedster Jamison Williams in that offense to help with Mechie as well. But I, I, I just don't think that they – I think they lose to uh, a couple more teams um, with Jamison Williams not there. I really I mean, do. I didn't think Bryce Young was that bad. But, I mean, even without Jamison Williams, they're going to have somebody to fill in that yeah, spot. They're going to have someone who's – instead of playing a full season like Jamison did, they're going to have a younger kid who may not be ready at the beginning of the season, but by the end of the season, he's going to be playing like a seasoned veteran. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, is going to be able to pull off big-time moments. I mean, heck, Chris, Jackson Smith, we didn't know who – I personally didn't know who he was halfway through the season. And then, you know, he pops onto the scene with these closing stretch of games you had. And, I mean – it's kind of like he came out of nowhere and was a thousand yard receiver well, and stuff. He was now. our leading. He was our leading receiver all year. I mean, he led yards well, with yards, yeah. The whole but season. I mean, he's still got overshadowed by a lot of you know Olave and Wilson. Them having you know more veteranship uh, over the team uh, compared to what he had. I mean, someone would have filled in those shoes. I mean, we see it with Bama. As soon as you think they're not going to be good, guess what? They're still good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I, even I, with I quarterbacks. Totally yeah, I mean, but I Jake, just, I just thought Jake freaking Poker went to a national championship. Right, and that I, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm just saying with the team I saw this year, when Jamison Williams wasn't in the game, they faltered. I mean, when Jamison Williams left that Auburn game, they only scored three points to the very last minute of that game, and they just yeah. did an Alabama thing against uh, an Auburn team who maybe just slacked a little bit. I mean, that's just how it goes, but. Well, they that's what I'm saying. Without Jamison Williams. I mean, that's, well, that's what I'm saying. If they didn't have Jamison Williams all season, someone else would have been in those shoes. And I, it, I don't it, think it could have been the same. Receiver room that they had. That's why they went. That's why they pursued him so hard in the portal was because they, they had to have him. I mean, there was no, there was no guy that was going to spill in his shoes. I just don't think that was a thing. That's why they got him. I mean, Mechie was still a good, good receiver. I mean, now beyond Mechie, I don't know, you know, what they had. I mean, they would have had someone – Mechie could have, if he would have stayed healthy, could have probably produced up to what Jamison could have done. And then whether someone or not could have got up to where Mechie's production level was, I don't know. But it would have been close enough to where they would have still stayed in a lot of games and probably pulled off a lot of games. I mean, I still think they would have beat us, uh, you know, regardless of – Jamison Williams playing before his targeting call or whatever. Yeah, I just know that 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 I think the SEC championship game goes a lot very different because I think Jamison torched Georgia the first time they played, yeah. and he looked like he was doing the same thing again the second time. Um, which obviously that was Georgia's issue. It wasn't there stopping the run? It was stopping the pass. Um, but I don't I don't know. I think um, I just I mean Quinn Ewers going to Texas. On, we all know that's because he can start there, and that's because that's where the money's at. And that's um, why Casey Thompson is leaving. Yeah, I mean, I just think the the hot spots, which is California with USC, Texas, A&M in Texas, and then you got Georgia, Bama, and I think – I'm assuming Ohio State will be dishing out just as much money or, uh, to, to stay in it. So I just think that's where college football is going to be. I don't think – that these lower tier teams that have been producing here recently in the next couple of years are going to be able to just to hang on like they have. 
Well, all of those teams that you said, besides maybe A&M, are teams that are that have amazing pedigrees, have won championships in our lifetime, and if they haven't won, they've at least been to them. Besides, like I said, besides A&M, and I mean, uh, you know, that's that kind of shows that you know it's not necessarily a new thing. It's just that. Well, I mean, we know of, USC and Texas haven't been what they have been of old. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it was. 11, 12 years ago where we saw Texas lose to Alabama uh, and USC and Texas have played in New Year's Six Bowl since then, which isn't national championship level, but it's just the level below that. And I mean, it's it shows that, you know, not all these teams have prolonged uh, terms at the top, like what Alabama has since Saban's era. But, you know, we'll probably see another team uh, have that sort of stature up at the top as Alabama has, but I still think we'll see some natural faltering and coming back up from teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree, and I, I get what you guys are saying. And, you know, it'll probably – hopefully it stays like it has been with new teams up and coming and are able to, to utilize their, facil- their new facilities and money that they're going to be getting, uh, especially Cincinnati. I imagine they'll be getting a lot more uh, money from this past couple of years, and hopefully they can stay. Yeah, they're joining the Power 5 conference now too, which gives them more reason to be in it to win it. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I I, I think I see for – like I've I've just been sitting here listening to you all. I think I see both sides of it. I do think NIL is going to change some things. I don't think it's going to be, you know – a national championship deciding decision for some players, but I mean, who knows? I know, you know, USC and, and, uh, and UCLA out there with the California, that money's big. And obviously in Texas, you got big money as well. So whatever facilities they can provide, but I mean, still the, you know, going to Alabama, going to Georgia, the SEC schools, they're going to make, they're going to have their same impression because just the, the namesake of those schools are going to get you some things. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's just a big old if um, we'll jump into the NFL here. And uh, we'll talk a bit about this in our second hour of the show. But um, I'm assuming I'm, I'm going to start us off right, you know, with the season finale, Chargers Raiders. We all watched it. I think uh, some of us were texting about it the whole time. It was oh, yeah. tie. It was about to be tie gate. We're going to see if uh, if it was rigged to tie or not. But um, obviously the Jacks. Obviously, if you don't know the scenario going into Sunday, it was basically if the Colts somehow lost to the Jaguars, then if the Raiders and the Chargers tied in their season finale on Sunday night, they would both make the playoffs. But the, if not, the winner would go and the loser would not make it. It was a, it was a real life example of the prisoner's dilemma in, uh, in psychology. So it was really interesting to see play out. And for a long time there, it looked like the Raiders were going to win. You know, they were up about 15, I think in the final, in the fourth quarter. And then mm-hmm. fourth, fourth down, Justin Herbert came alive and they converted on like fourth and 15s, 14s, 21s to, to get a touchdown and two touchdowns and a two point conversion tied up, literally tying it up on the last play with like four seconds left. On was it like a fourth and twenty one that play? I don't know if that was a fourth down on the last play. Yeah, but it, was it, like, was, it was a long one. They needed like it had four seconds left and it was like twenty yards and they got they got the pass in. It was honestly it was an insane game to watch and I think after after like what was it after the Raiders went up like two touchdowns I kind of turned the game off and then I saw Twitter blowing up so I turned it back on to watch the final like four minutes in overtime and it was just insane and then the whole debacle went down they both kicked field goals in overtime and then the Raiders were driving with like you know no time left and it got past the two-minute warning and last two minutes of the game and um 
it was like, I think I was texting y'all. I was like, no one's calling timeout. It's like, everyone was scared to call a timeout. Cause it was kind of like both. I feel like, like it was like that situation where like both coaches are just having a standoff, like don't do anything. And I won't do anything. You don't, you don't, you don't reach for the gun. I won't reach for the gun. But as soon as one person makes any kind of flinch, you know, it's all hell breaks loose. And that's kind of what happened with Brandon Staley calling that timeout. Um, to, you know, the arguments like, oh, he got his defense ready for the third and eight, or oh, he's stopping the clock, maybe give himself a chance in case he stops them and, and they, have to, they have to punt. It's like, whatever. But as soon as he called that timeout, it was then like, oh, the Raiders are going to kick a field goal. And then Legatron um, from Auburn down there kicked the, the game winner with no, with no time left. So, well, if that was his definition of let me call a timeout to get my defense ready, he sure did a poor job because yeah, they, then they got the third and yard rush. Like, if you yeah. host, oh, let's bring in our rush run defense. Let's call this timeout so we can stop the run. The dude ran for 10 yards. I mean, yeah. And then, sure and then did a you, good just, job. You, you call a timeout and the game's over. And, you know, Derek Carr was just waiting by the officials. And there was a, there was a bunch of funny tweets on like Twitter. And then Reddit had some posts where it was like when Derek Carr was just standing there and they had the camera on it. And, you know, you had Chris Collinsworth on the broadcast, wherever it was, saying like, oh, I would like, he was excited for a tie. And you had Derek Carr just standing by the ref and they were kind of laughing and smiling at each other. And a lot of people were like, is he even going to call a timeout or is it just going to be like, you know, like, like, a, like, a, um, I can't think of the word, but you know, just like faking him out. But uh, he called a timeout with two seconds left. And there's a ton of people like, man, what if he had just like, just turned around and walked away, you know, like he's looking at the ref, his hands are in the air like this. And he's just like, nah, and then just walks away and the came ins and like no one has time to react with two seconds left. And, Game just ends like that. I'm sure Chargers fans would love him. They'd probably never be able to hate Derek Carr again. But um, I don't know. It was just a really funny situation. And I want. I think me and a lot of other people on Twitter and, and social media and the world wanted a tie. I thought it was it'd be the most insane situation ever happened, especially with the Colts yeah. losing earlier in the day, which is already you know, no one expected the Colts who were playoff bound to lose to the two and fourteen to Trevor Lawrence led Jaguars, but they got they got smacked down in Jacksonville. Yeah, Very part good. of me, part of me believes that you know I don't want to believe it. It re- I really don't, but yeah. there's something we're missing, something going on to make everything line up the way it did. Because I I saw Jacksonville, ja- the Jacksonville Jaguars play football all year, and <laughs> what 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 happened on the last week wasn't Jacksonville. I mean, week 18, you know, the Dolphins always beat the Patriots week 18. There's always some crazy <clears throat> game with the Browns, and they win a game in week 18. It's just – I mean, or week 17 in the past, but there's always something – like, there's just some weird magic about the last week of the season. It, and I also heard – and I don't know how true this is, but I heard that there was a lot of money on the line, whether that game tied or not. And I think it was in Vegas's best uh, interest for have that game not to tie, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe so yeah. that seemed a little sketchy to me well, like i feel like the patriots we... going in the or the patriots the steelers going in the playoffs it just makes uh the betting that game a little bit easier because the steelers aren't yeah. winning anything i mean that's just awful like we all know the Chargers beat the chiefs once yeah and should have beat them twice and how much how i mean i don't know would the Chargers have played the chiefs had they, the game time um, i think the seating would have gone a little bit differently Gotcha. The, the Raiders jumped up to the five, but I think that Raiders and Chargers would have been like six and seven, one, so, one, one way or the other. So who would have played the Chiefs? Raiders, Chargers? The seven C would have played them. I think it would have been the Raiders. I'm pretty sure the Chargers would have had the tiebreaker, if I remember seeing Twitter right. Well, I know the Chargers lost to the Raiders earlier in the season. Oh, I think then maybe, maybe they beat them. No, maybe they beat them. 
Yeah, I, they might have beat I, them. I don't remember. I just know they played. And um, I don't remember who won. But anywho, whoever played them, Raiders, if Raiders play the Chiefs or the Chargers play the Chiefs, it's a better game than the Pitt playing the Chiefs. And I think we all can agree on that. I think, I mean, we can, agree that, can we agree that the Steelers this year are the worst playoff team in the playoffs? Yep. It's either yeah, them or the 100%. Eagles, I guess, but the Eagles aren't even that good, but they at least have a run game identity to go off of. The Steelers really have – they have Najee Harris, but that's about it right now. Yeah, I mean, I heard Deontay Johnson has just been dropping everything recently. Yeah, he, he dropped a bunch. He ruined – He has. Yeah, I, I'd even argue that the Taylor Henneke-led football team last year is a better playoff team than Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, year. I'm not high on Pittsburgh. Whatsoever. I know they have a great coach, and that's going to help. But yeah. other than that, I I'm, I don't see where they can hang. We all we saw uh, Pitt get blown out by the Chiefs earlier mm-hmm. this season. So I just I feel like we're gonna get the exact same thing. Honestly, hey, it's it's, a, it's an easy game for us in game picks this week. That's yeah, that's about yeah. all it is. Yeah, I'd it say is. so. Um, keeping on the AFC side though, and we'll get into playoffs a little bit later. This is just the games and, and the stuff. But um, out of the Dolphins, Brian Flores. How are we feeling? I mean, we had, you know, we had Black Monday. Matt Nagy was one name that got fired. Uh, Brian Flores was fired. Um, Vic Fangio for the Broncos. You know, pretty much everybody but Matt Rule, who needed to be fired, was fired on Monday. But Brian Flores out of Miami was the big surprise, obviously, the second year as a head coach. He's had 19 wins in his last two years. Um, team made the playoffs last year, and then – did they make the playoffs last year, or did they just have a push? They I, did. I no, they, I think they missed it at nine or at 10 and ten and six. I'm pretty sure yeah. they missed it at 10 and six. And this year they missed it at nine and eight. So right. he's had a team in the playoffs both years, and both years had bad starts, had a huge comeback in the second half to uh, to attempt to make the playoffs. I mean, this year they started like what one and eight and they ended eight and oh, you know, and they yeah. fired him as the only bright spot on the team. What did, I mean, does for you two, does he deserve to be fired or was this something for management or the players that kind of got him fired? Um, I mean, I think he's personally a, a great coach. Mm-hmm. I think he's great at building the team up with chemistry and really getting the team to operate on all cylinders together. You know, it's not just about certain players. It's about everyone. And we and we saw that defense come alive in the second half of the season. They started playing together as a, as a unit, mm-hmm. and that's what it should be. And I think Brian Flores does a great job of that. I think he was able to figure out a system for Tua to succeed. And uh, I just think he's a, a very uh, intelligent coach and mm-hmm. is good at uh, the true meaning of coaching. Um, yeah. And I think wherever he goes next, he'll just he'll do great things. I just think he's he's a very talented coach. Well, I'm already thinking like you know for the Cowboys, you have teams interviewing both Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, our offensive and defensive coordinators, respectfully. And right. there's a good chance we lose one of them. And if Dan Quinn is the one that ends up going to a head coaching job. I don't know why people want to hire him as a head coach after seeing what he did with Atlanta the last couple of years. But um, if he ends up leaving, I'm all for the Cowboys getting Brian Flores as defensive coordinator or even Vic Fangio uh, as defensive coordinator. Yeah. You know, I think that would be a pretty equal trade-off. I am unfortunately don't think that'll be the case. I think Flores is too good of a head coach to not get a head coaching job somewhere else. But Fangio would probably be a good fit for y'all if, if you could if you could I'd take him. either of them, honestly. I mean, it's like Dan Quinn. You know, he's bad as a head coach, but – they're good as, as coordinators. There's a lot of coaches right. like that. And I don't know. I, ho- I hope Dan Quinn stays for the Cowboys, but he's getting a lot of offers. But if I was him, I wouldn't go to Jacksonville. But um, that's up to him. No, no. I, I hope Flores, <laughs> for his the sake of his sanity and uh, his life for his family, uh-huh. please do not take the Jacksonville job. Well, would you, would, uh, you, would you rather have Dan Quinn or Kellen Moore as your head coach? 
Uh, honestly, Hayden, I'd take a, a a hobo or bum off the street to, to come in and, and so I, Urban, we don't really admire. Week eight, yeah, week eighteen was proof <laughs> that head coach really don't mean nothing. I mean, I don't know what the deal is with Jacksonville. I think we're always gonna suck, uh, no matter who we get. But I, my dad has uh, infra. He had like this. I don't know if it was insider info or whatever. Yeah, he, had, he, he he heard uh, somewhere that uh, he thinks Brian Flores will take. We'll get the Chicago job, mm-hmm. and I was telling Hayden this. Yeah, they're gonna shop Fields, and probably ride this next season out with Dalton, and you know build up the defense and maybe get some O line. Uh, but I heard that's probably what's gonna happen. Is they'll hire Flores, and uh, shop Fields to another or ship him to another team. That's crazy. I mean, if that's true, if your little insider's true, that'd be a crazy deal. But um. I can't, I can't just, I just can't see him getting rid of fields after just one season. I get maybe it's like, oh, it's not the head coach's guy. He doesn't want it. But uh, I feel like he has more promise than a lot of other. I mean, I guess well, they want their own rookie, but I don't know. I don't think they would necessarily tank, but I think, you know, kind of shopping him out would be able to get them, you know, a decent, some other decent players that they need in some other positions. And then, I mean, uh, as Chris has made points in earlier shows with Stroud and Young uh, likely going to be members of this next draft uh, in 2023. I mean, you know, with the Bears probably going to be a top six pick or so, their odds of picking one or the other are pretty, pretty good. What are the top QBs coming out next year, Chris? Uh, it's Bryce Young and Stroud. Uh, the one thing I will say is – not a good look for Ohio State quarterbacks at all. I don't know if that's going to hurt Stroud. I know he's super talented, and if he has a year like he did this past year, I mean, I would. I don't know how you wouldn't take him. But that the logo of Ohio State on his jersey is like kind of a reason not to with how poorly uh, Ohio State quarterbacks have played. I, mean, I didn't think uh, Fields had an awful year, but he I didn't. Mean, but you know, they haven't overperformed is like some people who we didn't think would like Mac Jones or situation. Uh, I mean, Flamar Jackson wasn't supposed to be a very good NFL QB yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah. he's, a, he's an untraditional QB. I get the Lamar Jackson argument, you know, but you know, Lamar think, can't play the way Josh Allen or Dak Prescott or Tom Brady yeah. or Rogers, like the traditional kind of way a quarterback plays. He can't play like that, but he has his yeah. own kind of style. He's like Kyle Murray. I think a big thing, that is just so overlooked is where a player goes because I has, Oh yeah. I don't care how talented a player can be where they go determines their success. Most like 99% of the time. I mean, mm-hmm. you have guys like um, Lamar Jackson uh, who probably, you know, he, he goes to majority of the other teams in the NFL. He's not really talked about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Mac Jones, I feel is the same way. I mean, I think he's good. I think he's super smart. And I, he, I will say, I'll admit, he reads better than Fields, like makes reads way better. And he's just way more intelligent when it comes to handling the football. Um, but I think he's on a team that allows him to not perform at a high level to still win games. Uh, no. We can see that with like, you know, to me it's crazy that, you know, Deshaun Watson goes to like Houston Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not a great area. And obviously it got himself into some trouble. He's not even playing football right now. You know, like yeah. it just, it's so dependent on where they go, who they're with, who's leading them. And it, it's crazy. Like we don't see everything behind the scenes, but 
it's just insane how certain things can happen to make a player succeed or not, like Brady. You know, Brady got the perfect uh, stars aligned perfectly for his career. Now he's, you know, the GOAT. And no way in shape or form on paper should Brady be where he's at now, but he yeah. is. So. No, I think you were dead right with the situation. I mean, I think with Lamar Jackson, Mac Jones are good examples because Lamar, you know, drafted, I think, what, 30th overall. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the, to the Ravens, which, you know, Lamar's a running quarterback, we all know. And, and I mean, they, yeah. the, the team's draft based on fit. You know, they're not going to draft a guy that's not going to fit their scheme. But for Lamar, you know, he's a running guy. The Ravens are a typical, you know, they are a very dynamic offense with John Hobbaugh, and they do a lot of different things. And it fit, you know, Lamar Jackson's play style. You know, once he came in the second half of his rookie season and finished the year off 8-0 or 8-1, whatever he did, you know, they were able to adjust their playbook from, or was, I guess, Joe Flacco to him, which is, you know, very different quarterback styles. But that coaching staff is, they're known to do that. They're very good at adjusting that. So it was a good fit for Lamar. And then as with Mac Jones, you know, people were calling him Brady Jr. anyway, because, I mean, build's pretty similar. But, you know, Mac Jones isn't a risk taker. He's not going to throw it deep. He's not going to do a bunch of running and sprinting around like Lamar or Kyler. He's just, you know, I'm going to sit in the pocket, take a check down and be smart about it. And that's how Brady plays for the most part. He's developed, you know, Brady's developed his deep ball a little bit better over his career, which made him successful. But for Mac Jones now, he plays more similar to the style New England's typical of playing with. And that's probably why Cam Newton didn't last very long there because that's yeah, not the kind of quarterback New England's ever had. And with Tom Brady, right. they haven't had in the last two decades. So Mac Jones is a better transition, and that's why they're able to get away with wins when Mac Jones throws 13 of 21 for 79 yards and a pick, and they can still get a win. It's just because yep. it's their system. So I don't know. Um, let's jump into the last thing for the show, guys. We'll jump into the playoffs. Obviously, wild card weekend. We, I'm lucky we got this. We came back to school at this time. You know, we get right. We missed the national championship, sadly, for college football, but at least we filter in right before the uh, NFL playoffs. And we do game picks for the playoffs. We'll do some talk about it, and it's all fun. If you haven't kept up, well, I guess no one's been able to keep up with game picks. We kind of take a break, or I at least for social media, take a break over winter break. But um, myself, I'm currently in the lead, 54 to 36. Liam's in second, 49 and 41. And Chris is in third at 500 at 45 and 45. I'd say, I mean, honestly, over break, we did, I'd say we did pretty good, us three. I mean, we're yeah. all over 500, which is pretty good. And, um, we also have a shot in the Some playoffs. Some of us are right at 500. Yeah, there's what, I think 13 games remaining in the playoffs. Six wild card, four divisional, two championship, one Super Bowl. It's 13 games. So, I mean, yeah. I could go with 13. Chris could go 13-0, and and he'll take the victory. You know, it's going to take a miracle, but uh, we're well, all – It's happened, man. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Liam's five games back from me, and Chris is four games back from Liam. So, I think there's some shuffling to be done. But uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into game picks a little later. But first off, let's just touch on some of these games – upcoming i've written down uh i mean first off cowboys 49ers they're my team it's the only one of our favorite teams in the playoffs right now for the nfl and uh the rivalry is renewed with the 49ers from the from the 90s and the 80s and back in the day it's their first playoff meeting since i believe the 94 nfc championship game or playoffs all the way you know almost three decades ago so for this game it's an interesting matchup you know the running game with debo samuel and, and elijah mitchell jimmy garoppolo we'll see how that plays in the dallas defense in dallas what are y'all i mean i'll, I'll give my unbiased opinion last, obviously unbiased, but um, what do you two think of going into this game, um, the six seed versus the three seed with, with the 49ers in Dallas? Um, oof. That, this, is, this is such a good, great game, and I'm so excited to watch yeah. this, this matchup because I think it's two, you know, really amazing um, franchises and, and teams that have, you know, done a lot in the past and, you know, recently haven't done as well they 
maybe have before, but they've really come alive here these past couple of years and uh, starting to find their old form. You know, the Niners have that, you know, gritty run game and, and saw really solid defense all around. And then you got uh, Dallas who really have done well everywhere. You know, you have that mm-hmm. fourth, you saw the stat 4,000 yard passer, thousand yard rusher, thousand yard receiver, 10 sack defender and 10 interception uh, DB. So that's, that's yeah. pretty amazing to, to have that. And, um, you know, I've seen Dallas play like the top team in the NFL this year, and I've seen them play like a bottom tier team at Very times true. too. And, you know, San Francisco, you really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has looked great at times, and then he's looked just like a bum. And uh, I think San Francisco, like I've said before, has this ability to play better than they probably should in the playoffs. I don't know why, but they do. And uh, Dallas Cowboys tend to, to underperform and t- most of the time get screwed. That's yeah, just kind of how, how they operate. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it'll be great to watch. I think me personally, I think the winner of this game will go to the NFC Championship game. I just have a feeling. Oh, wow. And uh, I think it's going to be a big determiner of how this playoff in the NFC goes. I think both of these teams match up really well with each other. And, uh, I mean, Debo Samuel has had a pretty much a breakout season mm-hmm. uh, in San Francisco. I mean, Tony Pollard, he's put his name into, you know, potential RB1 status, uh, not not for the Cowboys per se, but, uh, you know, he's probably getting looks from other teams. And, you know, players like that are going to determine the outlook of this game. Uh, I expect it to be a really exciting game, and I'm kind of with Chris. I can see, uh, I can see the winner of this game going to the NFC Championship, prolonging their uh, uh, Super Bowl hopes for for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't want to say I'm worried about this game, but I'm worried about this game. I think it's a matchup that I didn't think fit us very well. I would have liked to see the Cardinals again, honestly. As they, you know, we say all the time, you know, it's hard to beat a team twice. And I think seeing the Cardinals again, especially since we almost beat them in Dallas a few weeks ago after playing pretty poorly, I think if we were on our A game, we would have would have beaten them pretty good. But I'm worried about this one. You know, Dallas and San Francisco match up pretty well. They're only three yards apart on average rushing a game, San Francisco with 127 and Dallas with 124. So the rushing attack for San Francisco is good. So is Dallas's, but I think San Francisco has a much more dynamic and, uh, a more punchy attack, if you if you want to say, I agree. But um, Dallas has the edge in passing by a long margin, so I think yep. that definitely helps on our side. But I don't know. I think offensive wise, I think we can we can we can hang in the offense. We should beat them in offensive production. It just depends: can our defense stop it? Because I trust the defense, and I think you know we put up, we gave a lot of points up to Philly, but we had a lot of backups in that game, and you know we did a good job in containing Kyler Murray in that rushing attack. We didn't have James Conner. When we played uh, them and that's the most recent game you can really look at that was like oh you know they it's a rushing team that they push us on um we contained philly kind of well when we played them in the earlier part of the year as well as carolina both big rushing teams at the time but um this is the biggest rushing attack we faced pretty much all year besides philly so i'm a little nervous i think debo and uh with with you know they use they utilize debo as a runner a lot and that's why he's such a fantasy stud but i think him with the jet sweeps and and, and the and a lot of the motion that Kyle Shanahan creates could disrupt our defense. I just hope, you know, we got young Micah Parsons at a linebacker. So hopefully he's running all around the field and making some big plays. And I, I think we'll be able to pull off the win in this one, but uh, it definitely makes me a little bit more nervous this game than say 
the 49 or playing the Cardinals. I think this is just a game that we're looking to lose, but I sure hope not. But yeah, I don't know. It'll be tight. And um, I don't think preseason I predicted the Cowboys NFC championship or anything. I didn't, I wasn't dare going to be dumb enough to predict something and then jinx it. But who knows? I like Chris saying that the winner of this goes to the championship game, but with our luck, it would probably be the San Francisco 49ers. So <laughs> don't know. To know. Um, I also have written down, you know, the um, the Eagles and Steelers, we talked about a little bit if they're the worst teams in these playoffs this year, both the seven seeds, um, Steelers at nine, eight, and one, or nine, seven, and one, right? I believe, or eight, 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 and one. Are they eight, eight, and one? Do they do the, the magic? They're nine, seven, and one, right? I don't know. I think so. Because yeah, they won their last game. game. But anyway, and then the, the Eagles are nine and seven. So both seven seeds of their conference, but which of these teams, the Eagles playing the Buccaneers, the Steelers playing the Chiefs, which of these teams do you have the best chance of pulling off the biggest upset? I would I would definitely say the Eagles. Um mm-hmm. I think uh, you know, Tampa Bay is is without, you know, Godwin, who we obviously can tell was a big part of that offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know Tom Brady is a completely different specimen in the playoffs. It's just it's oh, insane yeah. to watch. But uh I just don't I don't I think they have a lot of young, you know, really gritty players, especially Jalen Hurts. He's he's kind of su- surprised me at how uh he's taken that leadership role in, in Philly and and really uh done well with leading the team all year and, and getting them to this playoff spot where they're at. Uh mm-hmm. and I just I think, you know, you've called Ben Roethlisberger a bag of milk all year and you know, I honestly think that's what he's gonna look like against the favorite, Chiefs. My so, favorite joke ever. <laughs> I I don't foresee him <laughs> being able to do much their defense has really come alive here has, at, uh, yeah. second half of the season and that offense is just going to stay to what it, it normally does they're they're deadly and they're going to and they're going to stay that way and uh, if anybody has a chance to win it would be philly in my opinion over Pitt, pittsburgh you mean tampa i agree with everything oh, no, chris said yeah, I think I think we all wholeheartedly agree that the eagles have the best chance of uh, pulling us upset and i mean the eagles they're not the you know, Jalen Hurts is good. He's not the greatest passing attack right now, you know, but you have, they have the ability to run and they're like the top rushing offense in the league. They, they've made a habit of it. And whether it's Boston Scott or if Miles Sanders ever decides to come off IR whenever he's not hurt or gets hurt in a game, no matter what they do, they have the rushing capability. And I think that's going to hit New England or um, Tampa Bay hard if they lose. I mean, Tampa Bay's contained the run pretty well, um, but. You know, I, I, when 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 I, when we played them week one, the Dallas Cowboys, they were the number one um, rushing defense. They're number one rushing defense last year, and so they came into the season being the number one rushing up defense as well. So, I think you know, the Eagles have a shot at it, and I think uh, that's that's the biggest aspect. If they hit that run game hard, they'll get it done. Jalen Hurts doesn't have to perform out of his mind, but he'll have to be just good enough to get it done. And like Liam was saying, you know, Chris Godwin out, Antonio Brown is now gone, and uh, so you really just have Mike Evans, and you saw them struggle with that, you know, with the Titan or not the Titans, but with the, um, with the jets in that second game, they about lost the whole Antonio Brown debacle. And then they got their mojo back a bit against the, uh, the lowly Panthers, but the Panthers are arguably the second worst team in the league right now, For sure. probably behind the giants. I'd say even the Jaguars are better than the Panthers and the Jaguars when it came to the end of the season. But a big point as to why the Eagles have more of a chance to win is because of they got a receiver who's worth a hoot in Devontae Smith mm-hmm. compared yeah. to Pittsburgh has absolutely nothing. 
I mean, their best receiver all year has probably been Najee Harris running out of the backfield for all I know. I mean, Deontay so, Johnson's been decent, but he does – he has the drops a lot. He does yep. drop a lot. I mean, and Chase Claypool's been very underwhelming. Juju, I don't even know what that kid's up to nowadays. Please. He's probably just TikTok only. I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think we all agree on the Eagles. It'll be, it'll be fun. Um, but – I'll ask you this, guys. What, what do y'all think is going to be overall, like, the biggest story of this playoffs? There's always, you know, a team that makes a mini run or, you know, Derrick Henry knocking off, you know, Tom Brady and then knocking off Lamar and all that with the Titans. Like, what do you think is going to be the biggest story this year? It's going to be a fun year, I think. I think this playoff, for one, you know, it's going to be interesting. So what would y'all say the biggest story this year is going to be? My biggest story is to watch out for these underdogs. Oh, no. They've got my, I think, my favorite offense in all of the NFL, they're young. They're young. They're mm-hmm. hungry, and they're they're going to be something here in the, in these next few years. But watch out for the Cincinnati Bengals. I really love that offense. I love T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Nixon, that and Tyler Boyd and uh, the Auburn boy Uzama. They're all very talented, and they work so well together. I mean, it's it's a pretty awesome to see when that offense is clicking. Mm-hmm. And I, I personally think of if anybody can score 50 points, it's going to be the Bengals. So I think uh, if they, if they're clicking they're they can make a big run in the playoffs and we should, we can watch out for them. But they I definitely... sound like a broken record, but once again, I 100% agree with Chris. My answer to your question was going to be two words, Joe Burrow. Joe yes, Burrow. I, think, Joe I think he's, I think he's going to be able to lead his team to a, prolonged playoff run and heck man they they got i think they got super bowls in their in their glasses right now yeah. i agree the Bengals are a fun team and i think i think you know that they'll beat i'm pretty sure they'll beat the raiders um in the wild card and we'll see what they do in a divisional wherever their matchup takes them um you know they're a 10 and 17 won the afc north for the first time since 2015 joe burrow joe burr joe shiesty however you want to call them now him and jamar chase and tyler boyd and t higgins they all and the Auburn boy as well. They all had a big connection recently at the end of the year. They finished on a high note. You got to remember back in the, you know, they lost to the Browns by, by like thir- by like 24. They've lost to the Jets this year too. So they're not perfect, but I definitely think they've, um, they've arrived and, and, uh, and come at the right time this, at the end of the season. They've hit their stride hard going to the playoffs. So it's going to be exciting for them. And while I'm not going to say they're the biggest story of my playoffs this year, but they are kind of part of it, I think this year is just going to be unpredictability. You know, every year there's a team that's like the favorite, whether, oh, you know, Tom Brady's looking great. He's going to win it again. Or, oh, the Chiefs are 15 and two. They're going to win it again. But this year, you just don't see that. I mean, yeah, you have the, oh, Aaron Rodgers is number one seed. And, and oh, Tom Brady, they're going to have the magical Tom Brady defense or magical Tom Brady playoff um, performances. But, you know, missing Antonio Brown, missing um, Chris Godwin, who knows how the Buccaneers are going to do in the NFC side of things. Plus, you have teams like, you know, Philly that are dangerous, the Rams and the Cardinals and the Cowboys and the 49ers even. They all can win on it, on on their day. So I think the NFC side might be a little bit more predictable. I think a lot of people are saying the Packers are going to come out of it, but whether who the Packers play in the NFC championship, that's anybody's guess. But for the yeah. AFC especially with the Bengals, and that's why it ties in, like you look at the AFC and who is going to win the AFC? You know, no one would have guessed the Titans would be the number one seed. And going into the last week of the season, it could have been the Titans. It could have been the Bills. The Bengals could have been the number one seed. The Chiefs, it could have been anybody. And that just shows you how I open. I mean, hell, you saw a few weeks ago, like from number one to number like 12 in the AFC rankings, it was like two or three games apiece or apart. So 
the AFC is so unpredictable. I mean, saying the Bengals in the Super Bowl, that sounds crazy, but that could happen just as much as the Chiefs or the Titans or the Patriots. You know, I think for the AFC, AFC side, especially, I think unpredictability is going to be my story this season. And yeah. whatever happens, happens. I mean, it's been, I, mean, I, I, I was going to say is, I mean, this whole season, like it's happened already. Like, you know, there's been, everyone's talked about, you know, oh, a team looks fantastic one week and the next week they lay an egg and lose to the Jets. You know, oh, the Buccaneers are looking great. And then they lose nine to nothing to the Saints. You know, it, it's happened. You know, the Bills lose to the Jags. The Jags made a habit of doing that. The, you know, they just beat the Colts. It's happened to everybody. The Cowboys losing to the Broncos. I mean, I could name them off all day. So something like that could happen. I mean, you could see the, the, the Packers look great, but Philadelphia could win in Tampa Bay, go to Green Bay and beat them too. You know, that's, I could totally see that happen just because of the way this NFL season played out. So, yeah. and uh, one little thing I'll throw out there is, I just I found out probably a couple hours ago that the Bills I think ranked first in five defensive categories. Uh, I think they they led actually in almost every category of defense as a team, and they had zero Pro Bowl players picked on their defense. Zero of them, zero of their defensive players made the Pro Bowl. I think. So, if that's not motivation, then I don't know what is. So I would expect quite the defensive performance from the bills in this postseason run yeah for y'all what super bowl would y'all most want to see happen and then we'll get oh, to game picks after this like of all of these playoffs not not your official prediction we've kind of done a bunch of those but if you had to pick any two teams to just have your dream super bowl matchup this year what are you picking oh well, i think i think chris chris looks like he's gone where did chris go oh he did disappear from the chat yeah <laughs> Uh, anyway, with mine, I will say, uh, I would like to see the Bills or the Bengals make it out of the AFC. Yeah. And personally out of the NFC, I will be pulling for the Cowboys a little bit. Well, thank but you. But I, uh, I also would like to see the Cardinals have a decent run, but uh-huh. I mean, if the Packers with my boy Devontae Adams, if they can just, if they pull it out, I'd be happy for him as well. If I had, I mean, obviously I'm going to pick the Cowboys, right? I think that's kind of obvious, but. I, I I feel like Cowboys Bengals would just be so good. You know, that would be a really offense forward game for yeah, sure. I, I think that'd be the most fun. I mean, if the Cowboys, they've been kind of bipolar, but so have the Bengals. I think they're very similar teams. Like, you know, like they're the AFC and NFC counterparts of each other. You know, young offense is really electric and um, defenses can kind of be faulty sometimes. And the offense can kind of, you know, go down a gear every once in a while. But on their yeah. day, I mean, that could be a 40 to 40 Super Bowl. And I think that would just be super fun to watch. And uh, it's two teams. It's two teams that haven't won anything recently and haven't been to the Super Bowl in forever. I don't think the Bengals have ever been. I know. My... I saw, well, I saw a stat that said the last time the Bengals won a playoff game, just regular old playoff. Oh, I know what you're about to say. Yeah. Was before text message had ever been sent from so anybody no in the world. Yeah. No one's, I saw it. It's like no one's ever sent a truthfully, hey, yo, the Bengals just won the playoff game text. No one's ever yeah. done it truthfully. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think those teams would be fun. The most boring matchup, which is probably going to happen, is Packers Chiefs. I think if anything can happen, that's going to happen. But if the NFL could decide, we all know it's going to be the Buccaneers and the Patriots. So if that happens, then there's obviously some rigging going on. I think no it would be the Buccaneers that. versus the Chiefs just you know, because you, you of think the Patty, do... yeah, the Patty versus Brady deal. You know, that's what, yeah, Patty versus Brady round two. Yeah. yeah. Are we trying to get Chris in? What did happen to him? He's seen our messages, but uh, 
I have no idea. I don't know. But um, I'm trying to think, what, what can we kill time with? What can we kill time with? I don't Did know. His internet man, die? I mean, Did his phone die? Well, I don't know how he sent my I messages. Don't, I don't know. Oh, here he is. He's in the waiting what room. What happened? I got him back. Oh, he's joining. Oh, what's happening? Chris. Yes. What happened? Phone died. <laughs> His phone did die. I guessed it right. <laughs> what yeah. a clown. Yeah, I uh, I had it on, like the charger, but this charger's been acting awful. Oh, this Apple charger, man. Yeah, it, like it, it'll connect, and then it'll be like charging, and then like two seconds later, it's, oh, not charging anymore. Yeah. Well, Chris, we picked our, our, our Super Bowl predictions. I had Bengals and, uh, and Cowboys, and uh, I think oh, Liam's, Liam said Bengals or Bills, and then uh, I think it's the term for the Cowboys as well. Wait, so, so are we doing, like, legit, or are we no, doing – No, 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 Like, well, if you could choose an NFC and AFC team to play for the most exciting Super Bowl, what are you picking? Oh, I was thinking Bengals, Bengals okay. Packers, and then Bengals beating the Packers. That would just be awful. I think uh-huh. we, we all – everything everyone just wants to see. The Bengals make the, make the Super Bowl now or at least go pretty far this year. Yeah, or, like, Burrow beating Brady would just be awesome. Either one. Dude, that would be so awesome. Anything yeah. but – I don't want the Packers. I don't want the Patriots. I don't want the Chiefs. I don't if want the I could Buccaneers. See Anything Joe else? Joe Burrow smoke a cigar and puff smoke in Brady's face after he beats him in a Super Bowl. I don't <laughs> think you could make 2022 even any better. I don't know if he'd do it in his face, but it probably Brady could probably smell it across the stadium. I would. I would hope that would be the case. <laughs> I would hope he, Brady would act, at, at least see it happen. Yeah, that all would right. be the hardest video of all time. Yeah, that'd be go to really video. Would. I mean, just more than the LSU championship video, you know. Just oh yeah, that'd be great. Well, sure. let's um let's jump into game picks. It's it's the highest stakes of the year now, guys. So uh, make these accordingly. But um, we'll start how my we'll go in the order of how my Zoom is, which is Liam first. So it goes Liam, me, Chris. That's how my Zoom's laid out right now. That's so uh, Liam. First, we'll start with the NFC, four versus five, Cardinals at Rams, who's winning the NFC North matchup. Big time, you're down by uh, by five games. You got to pull something out. Man, uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. I, yeah. think, I think they got uh, definitely a two-dimensional offense compared to where Stafford just likes throwing the ball up a lot of the time. I don't think they have a steady run offense. So, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the Cardinals are going to – be an underdog winner against the Rams. I'm going. I'm going with the Rams. I don't know. They both they they split their their games so far. Uh, I like the Rams at home. I think they play well there. And uh, Cooper Cup and, and Matthew Stafford have just been on another level connecting. And the Cardinals, you know, despite beating Dallas recently, they haven't been on a big high in the last half of the season. So that's very true. I'll feel with the Rams here, but I do think the Cardinals are going to put up a good fight. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to just say this comes down to uh, coaching. Uh, McVeigh's been in this situation before. Mm-hmm. Kingsbury really hasn't. Um, I think McVeigh is the better coach. Uh, I think that Matthew Stafford will probably have one good playoff game. That'll be this game. The next yeah. game is going to do what he <laughs> usually does and falter, throw probably two picks, which we've seen him do throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think um, I think the Rams are going to be true to themselves, get one good playoff game in, and then probably falter in the next game. So I'm going to go with the Rams. All righty. Liam, 49ers at the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Old rivalry. I'm going to 
I'm gonna say Dallas just because it's in Dallas. I think I think this game's gonna be incredible and come down to the wire. I think the fans make the difference. Yeah, this is uh, I'm I'm interested for this one. It's I'm worried about it, like I was saying, but I'm interested for it. I'm also taking the Cowboys at home. My team. I'm not gonna pick against them. I do He's think gone. it's gonna be pretty close. I think we're opening as like three point favorites, but um, I mean it could be one. I don't know. Yeah. I really don't. But uh, I sure hope for Dax like for Dax's sake and, and his legacy, you know. At least get to, at least I mean I want the I want to at least get to the championship game this year in the NFC, but at least get to the divisional round just for you know, just for our sake, so I don't have to defend as much trash talk as I'm going to receive if we lose one at, one in and one out. Yeah, Christopher gone is again. gone again. I talk yeah, and he's gone. Yeah, his charger must be a real goof right now. Yeah. Oh wow. Imagine not having a good charger, Liam. I mean, come on. I mean, uh, it's happened to me before, man. This is why you I do got, Zoom on the laptop. <laughs> uh, I am doing it on the laptop, but I had a, I have a Bluetooth charging pad for my phone now, just in case I. Yeah, I, mean, I have. There's no problems with it. I have my little wireless charging pad by my desk that I always have my mm-hmm. phone on, so it's always at like sixty percent all day, no matter what time it, of day. It's always just chilling there. That's about me too, man. That's yeah, well, about let's, me we'll, too. We'll jump into the next ones and Chris can just fire off his at the end until I see him in the waiting room again. Yeah. Eagles, Eagles at Buccaneers. We're talking some smack. The Eagles could make this upset. Do you believe in it as much as to put it down on paper? I don't believe in that. I think the Eagles, I think they'll keep it a competitive game for a lot of the time. I think mm-hmm. I think the Buccaneers will be able to pull away there towards the end just because of Brady and his excellence during the the playoffs his whole yeah. career so i'm i'm gonna say buccaneers all righty i am also gonna go buccaneers on this one i think the eagles make it close and i mean by god do i want them to win because it means we don't have to face the buccaneers um we get a home playoff game i think against probably the we get a home play game against probably the nfc west winner if uh if the eagles pull out the victory for the cowboys but uh i'll go with the buccaneers here yeah. raiders at Bengals. raiders sneak into the playoffs after their uh interesting debacle with the chargers on sunday night but how are we feeling? Are they going to upset our favorite, our Super Bowl favorites, the Bengals? Honestly, to me, this is going to be the probably the biggest spread of points. I mean, it's only oh, wow. a five and a half point favorite for Cincinnati right now, but the Cincinnati fans are rejuvenated with this young offensive talent mm-hmm. group that they have. Yeah. And uh, I think the Bengals are going to smoke the Raiders. I could be wrong. I have been wrong before, but I think the Bengals are just going to annihilate them. I'm going to regret this one. Oh, boy. But I'm going to go with the Raiders simply and because I feel like I'm, you know, you're enti- you have to pick a road team at some point. And I could pick all home teams, you know, and I feel pretty safe in picking all the home teams in this, in this wild card matchup. But I do, you know, I just preach there's unpredictability this year. And there I think is. anybody could win anything. And the Raiders are super hot. I mean, Derek Carr they they all believe in him he's a fantastic leader probably one of the best in the nfl currently and i just think you know new head coach they've had uh henry Ruggs obviously uh leaving the team and then john gruden's debacle they've had a lot of adversity this year and i think a playoff win is just something that's going to cap off this year for them just one win but it'll cap off this year for them and i think they do it against the Bengals on the road i think like i was saying the Bengals have been a little bit bipolar this year they've gotten hot late which is a good time to get hot but uh they took that week off against the Browns in week 18. And sometimes that comes back to bite you, especially for a young quarterback. So uh, I'll take, I'll take the Raiders in this one as the upset. That's fair. Patriots at bills, AFC mm. East. 
competition. It's the only other division interdivisional playoff game with the Rams and the Cardinals. Christopher is rejoining us. Finally. So maybe we'll have him put his all his picks in really quick before he leaves us again. I don't know. Yeah. Christopher, your charger. <laughs> He's just shaking his head. <laughs> I don't really know what to say. Well, we'll have you fire through your picks real quick, just in case. It, it might. Ha- it probably won't. Do- it's probably gonna happen again. So just let's just go. Yeah. If you, you missed, um, me and Liam both picked the Cowboys. We both picked the Bucks. Liam picked the Bengals, and I picked the Raiders as an upset. So yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, Cowboys. Um, Cowboys. And then I'm gonna go with Bucks. Cowboys, Bucks, Bengals, and then I'll go with the Chiefs. You're missing a game there. Yeah. What about the Pats and the Bills? Oh, uh, Bills. All home teams for Christopher. All right. We love it. Hoping for the best. We'll see if you cut out, but you can critique our picks. Liam, Patriots at Bills. Man, this is the, this is the hardest one this for one me. This one is tough. What's I the mean, weather pre- like? What's the weather like? Is it snowing? Because I'm taking Buffalo. Well, it's kind of, well, I mean, Foxborough is known to have some snow on the ground, too. <laughs> like, but... I mean, very true, but Mac Jones, his face and ears were so red that one game, you know. Yeah. He didn't oh, cut out man. for it. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Buffalo. The point Chris made about the defense, you know, not getting any pole bowlers is gonna make them really hungry. I think uh they definitely do have the best defense in the NFL. Devin Singletary has played surprisingly well the past few games. And you know, if Josh Allen has to throw the ball, he's got mm-hmm. a few guys to throw it to. So I think I think they'll pull it out. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the uh, the Bills as well. I I picked them to beat the Patriots earlier in the season. I think I probably picked them both times, and I was one of one. But um, that one game was that really weird snowy Foxborough game where it was like just 200 yards of rushing, and he, Mac Jones threw for like 13 or whatever that was. So I'm gonna go with the Bills here in in uh, Bills Mafia's territory in Buffalo. So uh, that'll be fun. Last game, Steelers at Chiefs. I think we know where we're also heading with this one. Chris is gone again. Yeah, but, um, he is. How are you feeling, Liam? Chiefs, man, I hate that I'm picking most of the home teams, but I mean, we, I we think, all are. Yeah, I mean the home environments play a big deal in these in these well, playoff and, and games. And it's and it's like in the regular season when we're doing game picks. Like you know, if we had a Patriots, Bills, or Cardinals, Rams game pick, I feel like we'd be a little bit more diversive. But now we're all picking the home teams because it's like it's such a high stakes game. Yeah, you know, like any advantage you're going to take. There's not going to be as many crazy outcomes in the playoffs that you'd see in the regular season because everybody's going to be at their A game. So that's my explanation for it. But and I mean, I feel really confident in all of my picks except for maybe this Bills-Patriots game. I might, I might end up yeah. going to change that before well, the game starts, but I don't know. It's that one and the Cardinals-Rams. Both of those, I think, go either way. Even though Raiders-Bengals is – a five and four i do think the Bengals will win i'm just picking the raiders because i have a gut feeling about it but i do yeah. think patriots and bills is going to be closer than raiders Bengals. i'd say yeah i yeah. feel you man but i'm also going to take the chiefs and chris also did take the chiefs so that one's kind of a no-brainer in arrowhead ben rollisberger it's his final game most likely unless the unthinkable happens and uh the milk doesn't get spoiled that day but gosh um... i i hope it is the last <laughs> game this last game was supposed to be his last game but no no the the jaguars had to not ruin it all but extend his warranty that's what they did yeah and but, then uh... god bless the raiders and the chargers about did the unthinkable on top of that your your uh, carlson should have just kicked it off this just kicked it away into the stands you know gosh hey, i mean you know, these players do get 
paid and <laughs> are all extremely competitive and want to win games. So yeah. I understand what, what happened happened, but yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was, it was strange. It was wild. Well, it's been a good show. Hopefully it worked out pretty well over the zoom. We'll get back onto it next week and I'll uh, make some improvements to the show. Um, I gave y'all no breaks, but I couldn't really figure out how to pause the recording and then redo it. So I didn't want to have to even touch it. I don't know. Oh, good. I but think it, it went rather smooth for I think this it sort of format. Yeah. And we'll get back later on. We got off. It's off season now. So uh, for the most part, until the NFL is done, but uh, no more racing, no more college football. So uh, off season talk. Oh, it's man. Fun. We got, we got racing in less than well, a month. In a month. In a month, we'll get NASCAR and then in March we'll get F1 back. So we won't be completely lost, but uh yeah for the next month we have we have playoff talk in the nfl we'll get plenty out of it but anyway glad to be on the show glad you and chris can get back chris wherever he is at charging his phone for the third time we'll see but uh guys remember to follow us on social media at off the bench xlr to keep up with the show and keep up with updates there'll be some stuff posted tonight in regards to the zoom episodes and how we are moving going forward with the studio renovations and all that so stay tuned for an update on that as well follow us on our podcasting network we're on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen just look up off the bench and you can find our show in all episodes from the previous three seasons as well just go to our instagram at off the bench xlr and you can find a link tree link in the bio with links to all of our social media pages and our spotify and apple podcast links as well you can find there anyway guys remember to stay in the game and off the bench and have a good night